first podcast made just for media and marketing executives about how to create alchemy in the real world. The blending of marketing art and marketing science to create brand experiences that drive impact you can measure. My name is Tim Rowe, and for the past three years, I've been interviewing industry experts for their unique insight on this topic. And today's recap is of episode 99 with Wes Frick of West Frick Design Services. This was the first episode that really talked extensively about creative, which makes it an important episode in general. But I'm going to share with you the top three things I took away from the conversation with Wes and some practical examples of ways you may apply them for yourself. Uh, But first, I want to get a little housekeeping out out of the way. Whether you've been listening to this show for uh, a while or you're new here, you've probably recognized there are a few different types of core content that we cover here. And when I started this, I never imagined getting to a point where there would be seasons of episodes. So it wasn't something that I had planned for. Yet here we are closing in on uh, 200 episodes and what I found is that there really are these kind of three core buckets. There are the great guest spotlight episodes, the one-on-one conversations with awesome thought leaders. There are these types of episodes where I recap that longer form conversation for you into something a little bit more bite-sized. And then there are also kind of the op-ed episodes where when I have something to say, I say it because I believe it either needs to be on the record or it's an idea that I believe can bring you value or both. Okay, so three main buckets. So here's what I did. And I'll remind you of this uh, you know, for, for a while. But now you'll see that there are three seasons of Out of Home Insider. Season one are your guest spotlight one-on-one conversations. Season two are the episode recaps, the recap episodes like this, the condensed versions uh, of what I took away from those one-on-ones. And lastly, season three are all of my little random riffs and tiffs uh, for your listening pleasure. So season one, guest spotlight, season two, recaps, season three, uh, you know, Tim's thoughts, I guess you will. So it's not going to follow maybe some other traditional podcasts where, you know, they're successively building on one another. We're using seasons here to organize the content. Okay. So three seasons as of now, each with its own purpose, take a look around, get acquainted with the new furniture layout. Now onto what I learned from my conversation with Wes Frick. Originally, I'd reached out to Wes because something that he was doing in his billboard designs caught my eye. Not only does Wes design some awesome out-of-home creative, but he has he was including in, in these little messages of encouragement and appreciation on the edges of the vinyl billboard material that would only be seen by the men and women who make our industry a reality. If you were not working as a billboard installer or on the operations team actually handling the billboard physically, you would never see this little message. So I think that tells you a lot about the type of guy Wes is. Right out of the gates, I asked Wes about what are the three things that the folks need to get right? Wes uh, was very, very straightforward with what he believes those three things are. So I'll recap them here. First, don't make the message for the business. Make it for the customer. Um, I added a note here. Don't get cute. Do get tactical. Cheeky copy with no strategy versus using keywords that you've spent years ranking for uh, as part of your SEO strategy. You know, this is a time to make hard decisions. I, I retold a story in the episode about how this billboard had caught my attention. This was before I was in the industry. 
and how when I went to search on Google for the copy that I remember for the billboard, couldn't find anything. They didn't rank for those keywords. That wasn't built into the, any part of their strategy, uh, et cetera. So don't get cute. Do get tactical. Don't make the message for the business. Make it for the customer. Second thing is simple is hard. That's something we've talked about here on the show before. Simple is really, really hard to do. But according to Wes, and I agree, simple is mandatory for out of home and designing for the location. Uh, we kind of unpacked this here, really. And, and I think that this is a theme that keeps recurring. Um, it's something that is one of the superpowers of out of home. And it's one of the reasons that brands love it so much. And that is that billboards solve above all else an awareness problem. Right, Out of home is grassroots at scale for national brands, yet 80% of out of home is actually local advertisers because it is the reigning champion of hyper-local credibility building. But that can be a double-edged sword if wielded inappropriately. So think through this. Think through what your objective is as an advertiser. Usually, you're going to be in one of two, bu- two buckets. Brick-and-mortar businesses, you're trying to drive foot traffic or an online business trying to drive web traffic. Now, maybe you provide a service, you don't sell a product, but either way, you're trying to get folks to go to one of those two places. Awareness comes before action. And if you're doing out of home for the very first time, um, hopefully you've given consideration to where you're trying to get those folks to go uh, once they see you in the real world, the action that you're trying to get them to take. But what happens once they get there? Right For a website visitor, if they're unimpressed with your website and they leave, we call it bouncing. You know, And when we bounce, we leave to resume whatever the you know, goldfish brain thing we were doing last. For a brick and mortar store visitor, though, if they're unimpressed and leave, we could still call it bouncing, but they're also very likely never coming back or it's going to be a long time and take a lot of effort to get them to give you another shot. So while out of home is the ultimate in credibility, it can also have the opposite effect, right? So the opposite of it worked isn't it didn't work. The opposite of it worked is actually it hurt our business. So Wes really cautions to giving thought, especially as a local advertiser, to what the customer is experiencing throughout their entire ad experience. It doesn't just stop with the billboard. Right, not just from the moment that they see you all the way through to them taking action. Awareness comes before action. We really like that one. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Another note that I have here is that great creative actually acts as a hedge to the capital risk of advertising. Uh, We've all heard the the half of my marketing works. I just don't know which half. Uh, Well, one of the easiest ways to hedge against whatever's not working or however much money you're wasting on programmatic ad fraud. Uh, One of the best ways to hedge against that is by having great creative. One of the points that Wes makes that I think really sums up how to kind of measure what is great creative other than like an A-B split test and, you know, measuring results and things like that is that people don't remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. We got to talking about hand-painted billboards, embellishments, cool materials, things that glow in the dark, extensions, inflatables, All of the cool things at our disposal that can take an ordinary piece of creative and make it something special, make it something that makes people feel something. Talked about the flip side of that coin too. 
that how marketing, like other things in life, um, our expectations kind of change to meet the best experience we've had. Digital marketing has made it really easy to go fast. And the idea of going fast or needing to go fast can sometimes make creative seem less important. And oftentimes teams are resource restricted and have to settle for good enough. And I don't think that there's any marketer out there that doesn't want to do cool shit. So if we consider what the job to be done really is, maybe we can reframe some of the conversations um, and, and find a happy middle ground for everybody. Work through this exercise with me. The job to be done here is what as marketers, right? It's to bring back our best customers and find new ones just like our best ones. That's our job. So what do we do as marketers to drive that outcome? We create emotional engagement with the people most likely to fit into one of those two groups, right? Best new customers or or best returning customers. How do we do it? We do it by trying to impress that audience during their daily lives with impressions. And there is a unit of measure we all agreed to as the standard unit of measure for the cost to deliver 1,000 impressions. We call it the CPM, the cost per thousand. Now, every impression is made up of two things, whether it's out of home or online advertising, TV, radio, right? Every, every impression is made up of two things. The first is extrinsic. It's the space itself. This is the opportunity. It's the blank canvas. It's the opportunity that you have as a brand to do with that what you will. The second is intrinsic. This is the value that you create with the space itself. This is what you actually do with it. These two rules, they hold true in all advertising because the actual outcome we're trying to achieve as marketers is to arbitrage what we paid for the ad space, the production, the strategy, all of the people power, et cetera. All of that, hopefully we can sell enough stuff to generate a return that is greater than the cost of all those things, right? We're really in the attention arbitrage business. Okay, so hold on to your seat. This is where <laughs> this is where it gets really interesting. Out of home is like every other ad format in that those two rules hold true. But it's also unique to every other ad format because those two, tr- two rules are also exist in another dimension for out of home that they don't in any other ad industry. The value of ad space in the real world also has an extrinsic and intrinsic value. The extrinsic value in this case of out of home is effectively, think of it like price per square foot, right? It's a price per square foot equation, just like it would be in real estate, whether shopping for a home or a store. If you boil the math all the way down, you'll come up with an average price per square foot of attention in a market. So whether you're comparing billboards or wallscapes or taxi toppers, at the end of the day, you're paying squ- you're paying for square footage of real estate for the purpose of advertising. That square footage has its own intrinsic value. It has intrinsic value because of the neighborhood it's in. It has intrinsic value because of the unique shape and the sheer size. It's a spectacular in Times Square, or it's a hand-painted wallscape, or it can do some dynamic digital thing, right? Like the, the space also has intrinsic value that's associated with the context and the capabilities of, of it. So for brands using out of home, they have to consider all of these factors when coming up with a great campaign. How valuable is the attention of my audience? How valuable is the attention of my audience with my great creative at the helm? 
How much more valuable is the attention of my audience with great creative in this specific context or in this moment? It's understanding the, uh, it's, it's, it's understanding cut, cut. So for brands using out of home, we have to consider all of these factors when cooking up a great campaign. How valuable is the attention of my audience? Now, how valuable is that attention with great creative in front of them? Now, how valuable is that attention with great creative in a specific context or in a specific moment? It's ultimately the understanding that we need to close the spread between the bid and the ask for marketers who often need to deploy quickly, creatives who feel stifled in being able to be creative, publishers who are trying to manage expectations, yet know that better creative equals more effective campaigns and more effective campaigns mean more ad dollars. And that's what brands really want is to have an effective campaign. I guess it's all a long way of saying we're on the same team. So here's maybe a way to start. Whether you're a brand or advising a brand, start with a target CPM in mind. I know this is going to contradict outcome-based Tim that you're so used to, but humor me. It's an exercise. Let's pick a base CPM uh, for a format. Let's pick out of home. Let's say our budget's $100,000. We know that targeting and measurement don't matter unless we get the, the, the creative right. But we only have $100,000 to spend, okay? And it's got to be part of that budget. Let's set a target CPM of $10. And we know that we're really what we're doing with that $10 per thousand CPM is we're delivering impressions. We're thinking about those impressions. So we're going to budget for creative based on that. Maybe we can shift the objective to planning for a $9 CPM for the media investment and allocating $1 of our campaign $10 CPM to enhancing those impressions, right? Another way to look at it is you're going to buy a house to flip. You're going to buy that house for $90,000. You have a $10,000 renovation budget, so a total budget of $100,000 to flip the house and make a profit. It's literally what we're doing here, except instead of flipping houses, we're flipping attention from something the media owner or publisher is selling, unrented attention, putting your name there instead, and collecting a profit. Maybe we'll call this the HGTV method for planning. I don't know, but this is a segue to the next episode uh, which is going to be everyone's a DSP and how whether you're a creative agency, a programmatic platform, a traditional out-of-home specialist, everyone is a DSP. And from a competitive landscape, it changes everything. But I believe it's the way you have to be thinking about where industry is and where it's going. Okay, definitely go back and listen to the episode with Wes. It's linked in the show notes for your convenience and be sure to connect with Wes on LinkedIn. Also linked in the show notes, he's doing a lot of research into AI, sharing his thoughts on how it's already influencing out of home. Uh, and this is the first part of a follow-up episode, yet both will exist at different seasons of the podcast. So I'll make sure to link follow-up episodes in the show notes and things like that to make it easiest for you to consume as much content in as cohesive a way as possible. Remember that no matter where you are in the world, if you are a growing out-of-home company or a company looking to add out-of-home specific talent, please visit doublehired.com. Also linked in the show notes below. It's a completely free career marketplace. It's free to post jobs. It's free to engage employers. It's totally free. It's just for out of home. It's part of the ever expanding out of home insider brand. So please make sure to use that resource 
post your open roles, or just check out some of the great ones available. All right, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an update. And remember to live hungry, stay full. See you all next time.